right, back here with another Preps podcast. This is Kyle Neddenrip of the Indy Star, uh, joined by Logan Hunt from the Mick Network. And uh, Logan, we got a, a really good uh, slate of games this week. Sectional championship games are up uh, this week in high school football. And uh, there are a lot of good games in 6A, 5A, all the way down. We're going to go through those, uh, you know, as we go through this podcast and some of the highlighted games for sure uh, in the area. Uh, but wanted to start out talking a little bit about last week, and there was a an interesting game, and we'll talk about the game you were at as well, Logan, because it was a good one. Uh, but starting out with uh, the game I was at, Avon and uh, Brownsburg, and, and Brownsburg able to pull that game out, uh, 34-31 on a, on a field goal by uh, Spencer Porath from uh, Brownsburg with nine seconds left. Uh, Brownsburg five turnovers in that game, able to overcome them late, uh, g- gave away a lead in, in, in a lot of respects uh, uh, by their own errors and also what Avon was doing, but uh, able to come back, uh, drive down the field, tie the game, and then win it on that field goal. But uh, kind of the interesting storyline, Logan, to that was Henry Hessen uh, was quarantined late uh, in the day, in the school day on Friday. And kind of the, you know, where we're at in the, the world of 2020, you know, you have your star quarterback sitting at home. Uh, you know, I, I talked to him actually on, on uh, through messaging on Friday and then Saturday, and then I actually spoke to him on the phone Sunday. Uh, you know, never had any symptoms or anything, or he hasn't to this point. But uh, nonetheless, uh, because one of his classmates uh, tested positive, he was forced to sit out that game. And uh, kind of threw everything for a loop. Um, you know, Mason Reynolds, a freshman, uh, forced into a starting role uh, very late. Had few reps all 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 week, all last two weeks. Uh, and then he goes out and throws for 300-something yards and, uh, you know, played great. And he looks like he's the quarterback of the future. But uh, but but really the, the weird, uh, you know, unfortunate uh, story is, is Hessen had to sit out. Uh, so he completely misses his last game of high school football. And he, I'm not saying he's the only one. There have been t- full teams that have had to uh, quarantine and miss uh, their last game. But uh, just kind of the oddball season that we're in, Logan, that uh, your star quarterback's gone uh, literally four hours before the before the kickoff. And he was a guy I listed last week when you talk about Mr. Football Candidates. Uh, had a great career at Avon. He was he was 49 yards away from breaking Brandon Peters' uh, Avon passing record. So, uh, and, and touch, I think he needed two touchdowns to break his record as well. So, a lot of things went by the board uh, for Henry, but he did commit to uh, Miami of Ohio yesterday, and uh, you know he hasn't played his last football yet. But just kind of shows Logan the, and then there have been other teams have to miss certain players here and there and, and that sort of thing. But I think probably uh, uh, that situation maybe highlights where we're at in high school football in, in 2020. Absolutely. One of the most anticipated games of the whole week. I mean, uh, I think I saw uh, someone say, you know, it's a big game if Kyle Nenrup shows up, right? <laughs> I mean, there's got to be something worthwhile. And you know, when Avon and Brownsburg meet, it's always going to be fun, especially with the with the offenses that we've seen from both of those teams, largely due in part to Henry Hessen there at Avon. And you hate to see it for him. You hate to see it, uh, you know, being so close to records, having your senior year, you know, sectionals against a rival and uh, trying to come back and get some revenge. And uh, for it to end that way, it's just, you know, it's something you, you never want to see for anybody, uh, especially then uh, seeing the result for, for Avon and Browns were coming back and, and pulling off a big victory there. But, uh, that is that, that that is the world that we live in right now, and and we talked about it all year. How we were very fortunate at the beginning of the season to not have as many uh, outbreaks and cases uh, re- 
you know, close to football teams that, that we stole, that we saw at least in Marion County and throughout the state. Uh, and it started to come on here late as, you know, we've gone through a couple months already. We've had some breaks at the schools and, uh, it's something that we anticipated, but still uh, is always a tough pill to swallow. Yeah, we're getting into some, you know, difficult times right now that uh, it's almost like roulette where you just don't know where it's going to land and who it's going to affect. And, you know, I know not a lot, you know, it's kind of anecdotal. I don't know the, the, the numbers exactly, you know, in, in, in what the contact tracing has been and kids actually getting, uh, end up testing positive who were contact traced, but, uh, you know, a lot of kids who are sitting out who, you know, don't ever really test positive. So that's the, that's kind of the, and, and I'm not, you know, it's not to blame anybody on what we're doing with contact tracing, but that's kind of the tough thing is, you you know, in, in Hessen's case and others, you know, you're sitting at home and you feel fine, uh, but, but you can't play. And that's, that's kind of the ultimate, uh, you know, where, where you feel like you didn't do anything wrong, but uh, again, that's just kind of where we're at with things. You gotta be safe. You gotta keep, you know, keep the virus, uh, away as much as we can. And frankly, we're probably not doing a very good job of it looking at the, uh, looking at the numbers where we're at in the country right now. Uh, so there's going to be more, you know, kind of, you know, worried about this week for sure, as far as who's able to play and who's not, we haven't seen a whole lot yet. Although, uh, Traders Point, uh, they have they have uh, backed out of the tournament, and uh, Lafayette Central Catholic's already actually a sectional champion. They won't have to play this week. Uh, they move on to the regional, but I believe 15 total, uh, from what I counted on Sunday, 15 total teams have withdrawn from the tournament uh, up to this point. Many of those uh, were smaller schools. Uh, I don't believe we've had any uh, in Class 6A up to this point, and uh, so that's a good thing. Uh, I think with 6A, for the most part, as we've seen, there have been some, you know, uh, uh, instances of, of players having to miss, but not necessarily uh, entire teams having to go down uh, up to this point. We've had a couple in 5A, Concord and uh, Bedford North Lawrence in 5A, East Chicago in 4A. Uh, there have been Hammond Clark, Peru, Manuel, and Rushville in 3A. Uh, and like a couple in 2A, Northeastern and Mitchell, and then more of the uh, total postponed cancellation uh, have been from uh, 1A teams, South Newton, Clinton Prairie, Traders Point, Covington, Cloverdale, and Rock Creek in, in uh, 1A. So as I've counted, that's 4.8% of the teams so far uh, that have had to back out of the tournament. That's probably around, uh, I remember seeing what Iowa baseball was doing this summer. That's kind of in the neighborhood of the the amount of teams they had to have withdraw. But you know, we're also not done with the football tournament yet, so uh, that number uh, will either stay the same or it'll go up slightly, or, or some at least. So uh, we'll see where that goes uh, here, uh, looking at the next few weeks. And, and now you're into a point where teams are pretty good at this point. So so uh, you know, some of those teams that have had to back out, uh, frankly, didn't have great records, but you know, at this point, uh, you know, if you miss now, uh, more than likely you have a team you felt like was, was had a pretty good chance to make a run in the tournament. Absolutely, and, and this is this is something that, that we've seen as well, where that's, going back to the Henry Hessen situation, I mean, he found out on Friday. I mean, it's still early in the week. Uh, you just never know that game-to-day, game-to-game basis. It, it all kind of uh, makes you reflect on the next man up mentality. Everyone has to be ready. Everyone has to be ready to go. And uh, when you when you look at you know Class A teams to Class Six A teams, like there is a bit of an advantage for some of those Class Six A teams being able to uh, be a little bigger and and maybe spread out a little bit more in some of their facilities. And not all their players maybe have classes with each other and and certain things like that. But 
uh, you got to think it, it it could it could still be coming. Uh, there's still still you know a month of football left to be played, and uh, a lot a lot of availability uh, for for teams to to be knocked out. So uh, we're open for the best. Uh, but like you said, it is kind of like playing roulette right now. Well, let's start with your game, Logan. You had uh, uh, Warren Central and North Central on uh, Friday night, and uh, Warren able to uh, get by North Central uh, twenty to seventeen. Uh, that game was a rematch of uh, a game earlier this season that uh, North Central North Central had beaten Warren for the first time in a long time, uh, more than 20 years uh, since they'd last beaten Warren. Uh, but Warren gets the better of them this time and uh, now sets up, a, and we'll talk about this in a minute, but uh, a, a really interesting game with Lawrence North and uh, Donovan McCauley in that group. Uh, but first off, what was your impressions? Warren you know, comes in, they were just 2-5. and five. Uh, a couple games they had uh, uh, canceled uh, on the schedule and only played a mix schedule actually this year, uh, but uh, you know we all know how tough the Mick is. Knew that would be a good game with North Central, and uh, and Warren pulls it out. And uh, what what are your thoughts about kind of where they're at right now? What are your thoughts on uh, how that game unfolded on Friday? Yeah, it was it was a very intriguing matchup. Uh, you saw it's on North Central uh, really playing playing their style of play they started digging in defensively Warren Central went down and scored on the opening possession and, and then that was about it that's all that that North Central gave up there uh in, in the first half and ended up going in with a lead at, at halftime uh they best will look look very strong David Smith had a good game as well uh but things just started going back and forth think uh, both offenses got a little bit a little sloppy there uh, a couple turnovers here and there and, and goal line stances that we saw. Uh, but it really wasn't until uh, the quarterback Prince Powell from Warren Central went down late in the first half with an injury. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it forced Warren Central uh, to make a QB change to start the second half. And we saw a little bit of Michael Clark, uh, kind of one of, their, one of Warren Central's star tight ends, uh, one of the, the few seniors on the team as well. Uh, he's had some reps at quarterback before. Uh, they put him in. They as well then put in uh, Daniel Tippett, uh, their young uh, their young quarterback with backup. He came in, and it, and it wasn't until uh, about the second series or so from Tippett that Warren Central really started to move the ball. Uh, and, and Tippett and, and Clark actually had really uh, good chemistry out there. You know, quarterback to tight end. Uh, it looked like you know that he'd been the first stringer all year uh, with their chemistry out there. You know, just finding passes and moving the ball and. All of a sudden, Warren Central scores again, and and you're starting to uh, you're starting to see uh, the kind of the, the, the feeling of the crowd starts shifting a little bit, and the momentum starts swinging uh, to the Warriors' way, and uh, they get it back at the end and, and go down and score a touchdown again. Uh, it was it was incredible watching uh, you know backup quarterback come in for Warren Central and get it done offensively. We'll go down there and score twice and end up uh, with the lead 20-17, to 17, and North Central had a chance at the end, but came up just a little bit short. A couple penalties really pushed them back, and it made it very very tough for them to to, to really have a true last-ditch effort uh, for the end zone there. So uh, it was it was back and forth. It was something uh, that, that I, there, I didn't anticipate that many scores between Warren Central and North Central, especially judging off of their first, uh, their first meeting. Uh, but it was definitely a lot of fun. There were there were many different uh, many many different ways uh, that this game changed every single quarter. It felt like uh, one team would gain momentum, 
just to have the defense come out there and, and get a fumble or get an interception or get a sack. I mean, it just uh, both teams really came to play. It was it was a lot of fun. While we're talking about sectional seven, Lawrence North uh, also uh, won uh, in sectional seven, fifty-two to nineteen. Uh, over Lawrence Central, and uh, you know, not a you know a game that normally we talked about last week, Logan. That rivalry game is normally a lot closer, but you know, by this point in the year, uh, Lawrence Central it was a tough year. Zero and ten is what they end up uh, in Will Patterson's first year as coach, and it just uh, it, it felt like uh, you know they kind of become a little deflated since those teams last met uh, back in early September. Uh, understandably so, and, and Lawrence North, you know, frankly, just the better team. Omar Cooper, another huge uh, game. He's over a thousand yards for a second consecutive season uh, for Lawrence North, and he had a couple of touchdown catches and a, uh, a a return for a touchdown. So a big night for him. Uh, this sets up a really uh, intriguing game in my mind because this is kind of the uh, Lawrence North. This is the last, uh, you know, their their chance to get over the hump finally and win a sectional title for the first time since 1990. And that's, you know, uh, it's been a while. <laughs> so it's uh, 30 years uh, in the making. And, and, you know, you look at this game and you think, well, certainly Lawrence North is, is the favorite. They beat Warren by three touchdowns uh, earlier this season. That was a game played in early October. So, you know, not that long ago um, on the schedule and, and, and all those things. And, but you also know in the back of your mind that Warren is a program that, you know, they, they've they've been there and done it before. Even if this is somewhat of a new cast of, of uh, players, you know, this, Jason West still a coach, and, you know, they have all that tradition behind them of, uh, you know, nine state championships and everything that goes with Warren Central football. We don't have to count everything they've done. Everybody knows. But uh, so that's kind of the intriguing part to me is, is uh, you know, can kind of the new – team on the rise beat the old guard and that's uh you know not necessarily the players on the field but just kind of the traditions of the programs or, or the lack thereof in Lawrence North's case here in recent years so uh to me this sets up as one of the most you know a game I'll be uh you know curious about as the night progresses on Friday to see how this one unfolds and we'll see if the Warriors have something in them and uh we'll see if Lawrence North can get it done yeah and, and going back to that rivalry game Lawrence North and Lawrence Central. That was a game that was, you know, a one a one score game at half. Mm-hmm. It's not like Lawrence North came in and just and just just took it to the Bears. I mean, that was a game that was close at half, and then kind of opened up in the second half where you know, the playmakers really came out. But it's something we've been talking about with the Lawrence North. Everyone we knew this year was going to be the best year that the Wildcats had in a while. Uh, it, it just took some time to get the right guys in there, and, and then having Donovan McCauley and Omar Cooper, and then getting that offense rolling and the defense, you know, to a point that they didn't just have to get into a shootout every single game as well. Uh, Coach Malley's done a great job there getting uh, this team championship ready. But if it's not going to happen this year, then the question is when. You know, it, Warren Central, your opponent is, you know, under 500, below below 500, didn't play a full schedule. But, you know, Warren Central is playing at home and they've won their sectional six out of the last seven years. So, there is that tradition factor like you've talked about, and they have maybe a little new, new wrinkle in the offense uh, heading into this game, maybe found a little spark against North Central. So uh, it's, it's going to be a lot closer than I think a three-score game that we saw a month ago between these two teams. Um, Lawrence North, though, I think definitely still the favorite in this one uh, with with uh, their performance this year and, and 
you know, only dropping a couple games to some of the best teams in the state as well. So uh, you got to think that this might be the year for Lawrence North, and I tell you what, it would set up a, a juicy regional matchup that I think we all would love to see again uh, if Lawrence North were to get out. But uh, still, I think this game is, is going to be a very, very close game. Uh, you know, when it starts getting colder out, all of a sudden, you, you know, you need to be able to run the ball a little bit better. So we're going to see uh, if both these teams can do it. Well, ha- having talked to some Warren Central people this week already, you know, the key for I th- for them, I think, will be you know limiting the big plays. And easier said than done, but you got to you have to make Lawrence North drive the ball, you know, eighty yards or you know long drives, and not just let them hit a big play. Um, you know, because that's what Cooper does so well, and they they have other receivers as well who are who are good. Uh, you know, David Beatty's had a nice year for them. So it's it's just, you know, it's easier said than done, like I said, but you almost have to make that happen. You know, ha- have to make them drive. You know, don't let those 10-yard passes become a, a 75-yard touchdown pass. And, uh, you know, that's kind of the key, I think, to, uh, you know, beating Lawrence North or at least limiting uh, them. Uh, you're not – and maybe you give up a couple, but you can't give up four or five of them. So that, that will be – something Warren I'm sure is, is talking about this week and, and, and working towards, but I think it will be closer than it was last time. And I, I think, uh, you know, it's kind of a test for uh, Lawrence Norris, uh, mental toughness as much as the physical, you know, just to see, can you turn the corner? And this is kind of the year everybody's been pointing to uh, for them to break through. And it has been, you know, even if they do lose this game, I think you could, you know, they, they're sitting there at seven and three, and a winning record for the first time in 15 years. So I, it's been a it's been a successful season. But now, can you take the next step and and uh, and move on? So, and you mentioned uh, Center Grove Logan. Uh, they had no trouble in their their opener, uh, 42 to seven over Columbus North. And now they play Columbus East. Uh, they're back at home at Race Gilman Stadium on Friday uh, to face Columbus East. And uh, it's funny, I received a, a note yesterday. They'd never they've never beaten Columbus East at home, so that's kind of a weird uh, thing in this rivalry. It's only been I think two or three times they've played at uh, Center Grove, but uh, that's something uh, I think will change on Friday night. Yeah, there's always always time to make history. That's for sure. <laughs> uh, just, you know, it's the first time for everything and. Uh, you know, not that we're just shooing Center Grove in, but, uh, they, you know, they are the number one team in the state for a reason. They are undefeated for a reason. Uh, and, and they definitely look the part, and there seem to be no rust <laughs> uh, in their game, uh, or you know, uh, last week against Columbus North. I mean, it's a team that, that I think is very focused uh, from, from, the first, from the first kickoff. I mean, this is a team that knows what the goal is this year, uh, and I think they believe that they are the most talented team and in the uh, in the state, and maybe even in the country. So uh, you know, nationally ranked, it's definitely the favorites heading into heading into sectional time here in sectional championship. But uh, I, I fully expect them to get past Columbus East uh, at home for the first time this Friday night. And how about the night uh, Taven Jackson had on Friday? He was fifteen for sixteen for two sixty four. And a touchdown, and uh, you can't get much better than that. Connor Delp had five catches for uh, one twenty-one, and and he caught that touchdown pass. So uh, they went to the air. Uh, Carson Steele only carried it eight times, uh, trying to save him obviously for uh, for some of these bigger games and limit his uh, total reps, which uh, makes complete sense. But uh, you know that was a, a game where Jackson stood out, and that that shows you maybe the 
you know, the ability that Center Grove has, you know, they're not just a, their typical style of, you know, we're going to plow through you, but uh, we can also throw over you or throw around you. And Connor Delp is one of the best receivers uh, in the uh, in the state. I mean, he's he's always making big plays uh, for that team. Uh, Trenton Veith also as well. He He's had a big year uh, receiving uh, for that Center Grove team. Mason Long as well. So it's, it's a team this year, Logan, that – you know, and I, I think even last year we saw it in the state championship game, especially in the second half, that, you know, hey, we can, if we need to air it out, we can do some of that too. I know Eric Moore, you know, we all know what he wants to do, but, uh, and that's run the ball, but but if they need to, they can throw it. Exactly, and I think Connor Delp is one of the most underrated and possibly under most underappreciated receivers in the state as well, a guy that doesn't get a lot of hype, but all he does is go out there and make big plays against big-time teams. I mean, you know you know the pass is coming sometimes, and you still can't stop the Jackson, you know, put just a beautiful pass over over the top to him, and it always seems like Connor Delt makes the big play for Center Grove. Uh, he's always the guy 60 yards down the field making the play. So uh, I, th- I think he's a guy that you always have to have your eye on, and I think that Coach Warren's done a wonderful job, and, and his coaching staff of figure out a way to to get him involved in the offense with all those other weapons. Well, Columbus East comes in there eight and two. Uh, they defeated uh, Franklin Central forty-one to fourteen last week. That's also a team that they're going to try to run the ball. Uh, that's what they do. Bob Gaddis, he's been there a long time, and uh, he's won everywhere he's been, including the last uh, twenty years at Columbus East. Uh, so that'll be a, a well-coached team. I just think uh, Center Grove's probably got a little too much. Uh, for them in that one but uh, you know, we'll see I mean there are stranger things have happened uh, Columbus East playing up a class because of the uh, success factor so uh, they're not e- not necessarily a 6a program uh, by enrollment but uh, but they're they're there because of the tradition uh, of that program uh, so kind of working our way backward uh, Logan t- touched on what's coming in sectional seven that Lawrence North Warren games at Warren and like I said the Center Grove game at Center Grove sectional six championship game and uh you know i don't think this will be much of a game ben davis is five and five now uh after their 45 or i'm sorry 54 14 win over southport uh perry meridian went out and beat tech uh, 35 nothing good for uh, the falcons that's their first win of the season uh brett cooper coached at uh, indian creek uh the last few years before coming to perry and that ends a uh a long losing streak I believe I counted it up last year. I think it was 23-game uh, losing streak for Perry. So good for them uh, to get that win. And uh, their season probably comes to an end on Friday against the Ben Davis team that, you know, even though the sectional is, is uh, you know, we kind of you could kind of pencil them in, uh, I think, before it even started. But in fairness to Ben Davis also, Logan, I think it's a team that's been playing better here in recent weeks as well. No, you're absolutely right. A team that's starting to hit their stride at the right time and, uh, I've had the benefit of of having maybe a weaker a weaker uh, sectional the last couple of years as well. So uh, they they've benefited from that, but it gives them some time to you know get get everyone back from injury and then figure out the offense and kind of fine tune the X's and the O's here. And you and like I said, you, you believe that you know the season will probably end here for Perry Meridian, but I mean just an awesome feeling getting your first win there in sectionals and and getting a chance to maybe pull an even bigger upset at home in a sectional championship. I mean, that would just be one of the biggest wins in program history. Yeah, why not us? That's always the uh, mantra, I think, uh, when you're the, the underdog. And they will be significantly. But uh, Ben Davis, that was uh, – Juwan Swanson had five touchdown passes in the first half against uh, Southport. So airing it out uh, were the Giants on Friday night. 
Uh, and then in sectional, so the winner of that game, uh, most likely Ben Davis will play the winner of maybe the biggest uh, game on Friday night. Uh, just as far as, you know, a lot of intrigue, I think. Uh, Carmel, uh, the defending state champs, they're 8-2 and two now. And uh, they make the trip to Brownsburg uh, to play uh, the sectional five championship. Uh, Carmel was a 38-22 to 22 winner over Pike on Friday. And uh, Brownsburg mentioned at the uh, top of the uh, program, they defeated Avon uh, 34-31 on Friday night, a, a game that was probably tougher uh, considering the absence of Hessen, but also realizing it's a it's a, a rivalry game where those two teams know each other so well, uh, so you sort of expected it to be close. But uh, without Hessen, <clears throat> there were some questions. But you know, just a, a really you know, Logan, we talked about this game even going back uh, before the season even started. You know, the potential of Carmel to play Brownsburg, uh, two teams we know that would be really good in Class Six A, and uh, you know, start out the year Carmel kind of struggled. Uh, but now, you know, riding a seven-game winning streak uh, coming into this game, and uh, kind of sets up. I don't know who to, you know, who to favor in this game. Really, you know, it's it's one of those where, you know, Brownsburg might be, uh, you know, based on what they've done this year, probably a slightly better resume, I would say. But uh, by the same token, uh, you know, Carmel ha- ha- is a MIC team that that they're always, you know, always playing well this time of year. It seems like so. You know, this is kind of the opportunity for Brownsburg to uh, to get a huge win under their belt, and and you know they haven't won a sectional in eleven years. So, and in that same time, Carmel's won. You know, how many have they won? Eight, I believe eight or nine, probably in that time. And and uh, you know they're they're always a great team in the tournament. So this just really a lot of intrigue, I think, uh, going into this one. No, you're definitely right. I mean, this is kind of the the tale of two seasons here for for Carmel. The beginning half of the year wasn't as strong as how they ended but like we always say they are the defending state champs they always find a way there we know it's a little different this time uh, going to the south side of the bracket but uh they're a team that defensively really turned it on at the end of the year i mean they 22 points was the most points they'd given up you know since uh since the middle of september i mean it's a team that always starts to figure it out offensively uh, i i think that it's a, when you think of, of the Carmel Grounds, usually it's you know a team that likes to control the tempo, they like to run the ball, but it's a team that, that can air it out as well. I mean, this is, this is a team that, that has scored 28 points or more in every single contest except for against Center Grove. So it, it, it's, a, it's a team that I think can keep up with Brownsburg offensively, and I think that's going to be uh, one of the, the key factors in this game uh, and as well looking at it from an emotional standpoint from Brownsburg as well, coming off a win against your rival in a game, like I said, that maybe felt a little closer than it, than it should have felt and kind of have to come from behind. Uh, you have the monkey on your back right now. You know, Can Brownsburg get over that hump or not? And, and, and it's not going to get any easier facing a really good Carmel Greyhound team that uh, very well could be lined up for another state championship run. Yeah, and uh, that win over uh, Pike, you know, they, they ran for almost 300 yards, um, you know, like you said, the defense has been playing much better. They only allowed 55 rushing yards to Pike and, and uh, played much better overall defensively than the first time. The first time those two teams met, uh, Zach Osborne, the uh, the quarterback for Carmel, 142 rushing yards. That's kind of an element that you know they bring to the table with the quarterback run game, uh, as well as Zach White, who's who's really tough to bring down. He had 103 yards in that win uh, over Pike. So you know they. 
you know, prefer to run the ball. That's kind of their typical style, but uh, they can also throw it some and keep you honest uh, with through the pass game. And I, I think the, you know, what Brownsburg has done, you know, they, they really ran the ball effectively against Avon. Avon couldn't really stop the run, and that that turned out to probably be the the difference between Avon winning and losing that game. You know, they were they were leading there. Uh, with four minutes left, and then Brownsburg went on a drive where they just basically just ran the ball every play and and uh, came down and tied the game, and then did, kind of did the same thing on their on their game winning drive was they were just handing the ball off pretty much every time uh, to uh, to Caleb Marcus and and Brandon Burks, and then uh, it, they were able to uh, punch it in there the, for the game tying score, and then uh, you know set up the game winning field goal. Cade Gardner. Uh, is also part of that uh, Brownsburg backfield now. Moved over from linebacker, and he's been running the ball sort of like a more of a straight-ahead runner uh, than than the other two running backs. But they've got three good ones. But I'm not sure. You know, the the kind of the interesting thing to me will be, you know, how does can Brownsburg run the ball effectively against that Carmel defense? To me, that that's kind of the best uh, matchup, and and the one I'm most intrigued about is is Brownsburg has been able to run the ball really well all year you know can you go do it against a uh, a really good defense and uh, I think that will maybe tell the tale the Brownsburg can throw it as well obviously have a good quarterback in Ben Easters and and really good receivers as well but you know the way they ran the ball against Avon I'm not sure they can do that against uh, against Carmel but you know if they can run effectively that will set up a lot of other things for them no you're absolutely right I mean I think the game will be won and lost on the ground and in the trenches uh, between these two teams, uh, so that that Greyhound defense has done a nice job the last couple games of, of really digging in their heels and and not giving up much. Uh, but but I think uh, we're still going to see some points put on the board uh, in between these two teams. I think we're bound for it uh, when you're when you're one of the top games of the week. Uh, you have to be able to deliver. I think both of these teams are, are ready for the big stage. I like think we've seen it from both of them. Yeah, it should be a fun game uh, Friday. That that's uh, sectional five. You know, and those teams, of course, go south. The winner uh, plays the Ben Davis uh, Perry Meridian winner out of sectional six, and then to to jump up north, uh, Logan the. The only game locally on that side is Westfield. We've talked a lot about them all season. Uh, they went out and, uh, and and put it on Noblesville last week, 35-0. to zero. And then one of the more exciting games of uh, Friday, Fishers came back and beat HSE 34-29. Uh, to 29. Uh, Interception in the end zone capped the uh, the comeback for Fishers. And, uh, you know, that's a team, you know, 3-7, but, you know, they win the Mudsock rivalry game, and, and all of a sudden they're playing for a sectional title. Um, you know, whereas, you know, we kind of all year thought HSC might be that team playing Westfield, but turns out to be Fishers and they, they reverse a, uh, an earlier loss to HSC, uh, Kurt Funk in his first season. I saw after the game, he said that, you know, that's a, a game we'll remember for a long time, you know, cause it's his first season and kind of stakes your claim, uh, to, uh, to that rivalry game. But, you know, they run into a really difficult foe here in, in Westfield and, and Westfield, uh, beat Fishers 45-6 just about four weeks ago. So pretty heavy favorite, I think, the Shamrocks. I, I would feel pretty good about uh, them winning this game but and uh, coming off back-to-back shutouts. Their defense has been playing well as, as well. Absolutely, Westfield, I think, is, is the favorite in that one. They're a team that we've talked about for a while coming out of sectional four. I've always felt like the favorite even to come out of the north uh, <laughs> once they started progressing through and uh, once they got that win over Brownsburg as well, I think it kind of solidified Westfield as one of the top teams in the state and a legit state championship contender. 
uh, one to keep your eye on, a team that has a, a good route to get there. Fisher's Bowl and upset was, was, was really, I mean, that's kind of what you see in Indiana high school football, especially in sectionals. I mean, two rivals going at it and, and maybe the underdog getting a win. Like I said, interception in the end zone, I mean, it doesn't get much better than that. Uh, on, a, on a cold Friday night in, in the state of Indiana. That's what we love to see. So uh, if, if you're Fishers, you just can't be satisfied with where you are. You have to still want some more. That's going to be the biggest challenge this week for them, as well as figuring out how to reverse you know, a 45-6 to six result about a month ago. Yeah, absolutely. That's going to be tough. I think uh, Westfield, you know, you don't have to we don't have to talk about that too much we've talked about them uh, coming from the north side potentially uh, but they would play out of sectional 3 would be Warsaw and Homestead uh so they would play the winner of that game uh, i would think uh, Homestead probably a pretty significant favorite uh, in that game traditionally strong program uh having another good year and then up up north uh interesting uh, Lafayette Jeff and Merrillville one of the better uh matchups in the state on Friday Lafayette Jeff is 10 and 0 uh, Merrillville 8 and 1 and then uh, Chesterton and Elkhart are in the other uh, sectional two. So the winner of that Jeff Merrillville game will probably play Elkhart. Uh, Elkhart at eight eight and zero uh, so far this year. That's a cool story too. They're a consolidated uh, program, first year uh, being back as one school. So that that could be a, a cool story as well uh, for them to make a run. But uh, that kind of sets up everything in Class Six A. Logan, one of the one of the unbelievable events that unfolded Friday night was New Pal. Uh, trailing twenty-seven to three late in the fourth quarter or late in the third quarter, excuse me, against Franklin, they come back and win thirty-one twenty-seven. Uh, just an incredible—you <laughs> don't see that much in high school football. That that kind of a turnaround uh, in a game where they hadn't really done much of anything on offense, and then they just went wild uh, through the air uh, late in that game, and, and it kind of you know shows the the heart of the champion still beating there. Uh, for New Pal uh, to be able to win that game in a, in a season where you know you, you you look at them they're eight and one and it looks like they're having a great year but clearly it's not as talented of a team as they've had uh, but to still go out and get that win you just it's just a pretty amazing what they were able to accomplish that a long sixty uh, seven yard pass with about nineteen seconds left set up a, a two yard touchdown run uh, and, uh, and and New Pal moves on. Uh, to play Whiteland this week again, that should be a really interesting game. But just first off, you know, New Pal just they they continue uh, to show the just like I said, the heart of a, of a champion to uh, be able to pull that game out in such dire circumstances. Yeah, the champs, the champs were here. I mean, that's exactly what they they showed. They came out and were able to come from behind against Franklin in, in a game that felt like it was all but over. Uh, and like you said, looking at that eight and one record. Uh, many teams would, would love to be eight and one, but for New Pal Stairs, maybe not you know as clean cut of an eight and one record as as we've seen in the last couple state championship seasons for them. But what Kyle Ralph has done there is, is absolutely amazing. I mean, I'm only having five losses in eight years so far. I mean, that is just absolutely incredible uh, when you think about uh, what it means to be a dynasty even at, at this level. So uh, the the champs are still here. That that heart is still beating. But uh, this game against Whiteland is not going to be easy, and I don't know if there's going to be an opportunity to come from behind if, if you are, uh, in, in fact, down by that much. No, that game will be over if that happens against Whiteland. Whiteland is really good. I saw them play uh, earlier this season. They, they beat Mooresville, which, uh, you know, that's a, a great win uh, for Whiteland. Uh, that game was uh, an overtime win over Mooresville, 41-13. Th- to 
35, and that's the only loss Mooresville's had all year. And, and Whiteland loves to run the ball. Uh, Chase Valentine, uh, really good running back for them. They, they uh, under Darren Fisher, have traditionally been a really strong program. You know, this is kind of their opportunity. New Pal knocked them out last year uh, in a game that uh, was not even that close, really. Uh, but uh, I think this year, Whiteland, I, I would probably favor them to win this game just based on, you know, the, the schedule they've played and the, you know, kind of just the season they've had so far. Uh, this would be, you know, they haven't won a, a sectional championship in, in six years. So a, a good opportunity for them. They're playing at home. Um, you know, unfortunately it won't be the, the packed house like it will be anywhere in the state on Friday, but it should be a good atmosphere and a chance for, uh, for Whiteland to kind of break through and, and win a big game. And I, I think that'll be, uh, you know, one of the, the stories to watch on Friday night. And, and it would be a story either way if New Pal can pull it out somehow, uh, you know, and I, I honestly wouldn't be surprised just based on what I know about that program and, and the job Kyle Ralph does there, but uh, should be fantastic, uh, you know, sectional 14 championship. That's kind of one of the highlight games in 5A. And uh, unfortunately for the winner of that game, you <laughs> run into a sectional 13 champion, and that will be either Decatur Central or Cathedral. Decatur Central 8-2, and two, Cathedral 9-1. and one. Uh, And these teams are familiar with one another. They've, they've been playing against each other the last uh, a couple of years. I covered the game last year at Arlington, and this is that one will also be at Arlington on Friday. Uh, Cathedral won that one 42 to 12. Uh, it, it was pretty handily uh, all the way through that game. This year, Cathedral's probably they're, they're even better than they were last year. And Decatur Central still explosive. You know they they have Javon Tracy, who's one of the better uh, juniors in the in the area, and they can score some points. They put on 56 37 win over Plainfield last week, uh, where they had to come from behind to win that game. Uh, but I do wonder, can their defense slow down Cathedral? Um, you know, I don't know about that. Uh, if there's a team that has the talent, though, in 5A to uh, give Cathedral a game, Decatur Central might be that sort of a team. Uh, but uh, Cathedral has so many weapons, and they've been so good all year, it's hard to hard to pick them losing uh, this game and, and, and uh, hard to see them losing this early in the tournament anyway. Absolutely. I think Cathedral's the favorite in Class 5A, but that doesn't mean there aren't worthy contenders, and Decatur Central's definitely one of them. Uh, if not, maybe their their biggest uh, barrier left to winning Class 5A. Uh, like you said, they're a team that has some athletes that can that can play with Cathedral. I think they have an offense to keep up as well. Just a matter of can you slow down Cathedral enough to keep it, you know, within a manageable distance. Uh, but I tell you what, uh, McCahill's had a great year for Cathedral, and Coach Peebles has done a fantastic job in his third year getting things going there. So uh, Cathedral looks like the state championship team, but. Uh, you got to get out of sectionals first. The other, uh, uh, on the north side of that uh, 5A, Zionsville probably got through their toughest uh, test uh, last week. They beat Harrison 33-21. to uh, So Scott Turnquist's uh, program, they move on, play. They go up to McCutcheon again on Friday night, and McCutcheon is 4-6. and six. Zionsville 5-5, five and five, but that's misleading uh, because they play all 6A teams basically during the season. So, uh, that's a team I think that that has a serious chance. They should win this game against McCutcheon, and then they would play most likely uh, Fort Wayne Dwanger. Although Fort Wayne Northside's having a good year as well, uh, but Dwanger highly ranked, and uh, that would that would be a, an interesting regional game next week. Zinesville against uh, Dwanger potentially. So that's kind of what's ahead for uh, for the Eagles, and uh, they have an opportunity to uh, to win a sectional title after winning a six A sectional title last year. Uh, could win one in 5A uh, this season. Uh, then looking down in uh, 
you know, as you look through class 4A, uh, we've talked a lot about it all year, is there's a lot of balance in that class. Mount Vernon, uh, they moved on, 32-7 win over Pendleton Heights. They now go to Newcastle uh, on Friday in class 4A sectional 21. Uh, Mike Kirshner's program looking for a, a repeat uh, sectional title. Uh, they handled uh, Newcastle pretty easily during the season, 48-6, to so you expect them to move on. And then sectional 22, uh, Ron Colley, they're 9-1 and now after a 57-7 win over Beach Grove on uh, Friday. And they faced Lebanon, who Lebanon, you know, 4-4, four and four, upset Western on, on Friday, uh, 29-25. to uh, But, uh, again, Ron Colley pretty heavily uh, favored there. And then sectional 23, uh, Mooresville, Probably got through their toughest barrier, uh, East Central, on Friday night, 36-28. to uh, And they will play host to Martinsville on Friday. And again, uh, Mooresville, I would think, pretty heavily uh, would be considered a favorite against Martinsville. They beat them by 17 points uh, back uh, last month. So uh, all three of those teams, Logan, we've talked about Mooresville, Mount Vernon, and Ron Colley uh, during this, uh, this podcast all season. And all three probably set up to win their sectionals on Friday night. Absolutely, and I think uh, regionals and semi-state are going to be even better. We're going to see all these kind of titans clash with Mount Vernon on Collie, Mooresville, looking down to whether you get Evansville Central or Evansville Memorial. I mean, uh, you get some teams with some with some history there. So uh, I think whoever comes out of the south in 4A will be your state champion. Uh, not to knock on the north side or anything, but, I mean, the, those teams are just so strong uh, from the south. And, and I think that, that – that's what you're looking at there, but it's always wide open uh, right now. Mount Vernon's sitting kind of at the top as as the hunted, uh, but there are definitely some worthy opponents sitting there uh, waiting to get their chance at the number one. Yeah, it is interesting. I think you're probably right. I, you know, the, I think the power might be in the South. Uh, you have traditionally strong, like Hobart is still uh, still still alive on the top side of that bracket. Um, East Noble has been a good program there. They're still there. Uh, Leo, uh, Delta, and Marion. So, but I, I do, I do agree. Evansville Central undefeated. They've been really uh, strong uh, all season long. Uh, so you could potentially have uh, Ron Colley, Mount Vernon uh, next week, and also uh, Mooresville, Evansville Central. Those are uh, two really, really good mat re- potential regional matchups next week. So uh, things starting to tighten up in Class Four A, and should be some good games. If not this week, then definitely next week. Uh, looks like a great uh, week of games. Uh, and then Logan uh, Chatard goes to Burbuff. Uh, Chatard has kind of owned this series through the years, and, and uh, they beat Burbuff earlier this year, 24-17. One of the tougher games Chatard has had, though, and uh, Burbuff has some talent, including Joe Strickland, uh, defensive end. Uh, they're they're going to need to keep the score down as much as possible, and and, uh, and kind of you know play really well defensively to have a chance here. But uh, hard to see Cathedral as anything but the favorite in uh, sectional 28. Oh yeah, I, I believe Chatard is definitely going to be uh, the team the team to beat uh, in this class. I mean, uh, one one of the one of the best we've seen all year in Class Three A, and Rebuff, uh, you know, is going to probably give up a, a good fight. Like you said there's some there's some people to contain, but Chatard, uh, after kind of getting through Garen Catholic forty two to seven last week, that was a game I thought was going to be a little bit closer. Uh, but I think Chatard once again is is the cream of the crop. And uh, coming from Central Indiana, it's hard to argue that. Yeah, should be a should be a good one out there on Friday. And then uh, in the Hendricks County, the uh, uh, the battle out there will be a Tri West against uh, Danville. 
Uh, Danville comes in undefeated at 8-0. Tri-West 9-2 on the season. Uh, these two teams met uh, back in September. It was a 28-7 uh, Danville victory. And Danville uh, last year went on, played in the semi-state, and uh, had a chance to uh, to try to go for that again uh, in that uh, sectional. The uh, Of course, the winner of that game moves on uh, into the uh, regional against uh, that would be probably probably Sullivan. Sullivan plays Washington uh, in that sectional. So those those teams go south. Uh, Chittard and uh, and Burbuff go north in that uh, in that Class Three A bracket. So uh, we'll see what happens there on uh, Friday night in uh, in Three A and then in Two A. Uh, Logan, it looks like uh, Lapel got a, a really good win the other night over uh, Eastbrook. Uh, Eastbrook's, or I'm sorry, uh, Eastern of Greentown, uh, 27 to 14, and then Tipton upset Eastbrook. I don't know if that was an upset necessarily, but Eastbrook has been uh, a team that has made it to the Class 2A state finals a couple times and, and been a really good program. So that, that'll be a heck of a game in sectional 36. Lapel at Tipton. On uh, if you're looking for a good, if you know if your team's out and you're just looking to potentially go to a game if you can get a ticket uh, Tipton could be a good place to go and then sectional 37 uh, Western Boone is still talking about new pal uh, the the champion still alive in Western Boone similar situation they're uh, seven and four the back-to-back champions in class 2a and they go to Seeger they beat North Putnam uh, 37-14 Western Boone did now they go to Seeger uh, to play on Friday in sectional 37 Seeger eight and two uh, so far this year, and then also uh, Heritage Christian uh, seven and two. They go to Shenandoah. Well, Shenandoah knocked out uh, Cecina twenty to seven. Heritage Christian beat Winchester thirty five nothing. So that sets up that should be another good competitive game. These teams actually met during the season. Uh, Heritage Christian won that game forty one to twenty one, and then the other team alive in uh, in two A locally is Triton Central. They should win. They're nine and one. They play Providence at home. On uh, Friday night, Triton Central 35-12 last week, win over Paoli. And then the, probably the, one of the bigger games in our area on Friday is a 1A game. Covenant Christian 11-0 at uh, Luther, 9-1. Uh, honestly, these could be the two best teams in 1A. Uh, you know, Covenant Christian plays a schedule that's a little bit uh, uh, easier than Luther, and I would definitely say that. But uh, they did beat Heritage Christian earlier this year uh, by two touchdowns, so... I think this sets up as maybe one of the most interesting games. These teams met in the sectional last year, and uh, Covenant gave them a pretty good game. Lutheran won twenty-eight to fifteen. Uh, Blake White, of course, is a uh, you know great quarterback for Lutheran. Covenant Christian has been uh, steadily improving. With players like Trey Flat on that defense. Uh, that should really be interesting to see who comes out of that one on Friday night, Logan. No, absolutely. I mean, Lutheran has been a kind of a Class A powerhouse the last couple of years, and a team that we've become accustomed to seeing even make trips down to Luke Soil and and uh, a team that, that you always think can kind of get over that hump. But Covenant Christian, the new kid on the block, got that program defining win against Heritage Christian earlier. I mean, sometimes you just have magical seasons. We'll see which gives. Should be a, should be a really good good game there. And, uh, you know, that kind of does it for the local teams. Uh, of course, regionals will be next week, and uh, we'll see what happens with, uh, you know, contract tracing situations and uh, hopefully uh, we don't have to uh, see any teams bow out uh, now Uh, but uh, you know you just kind of uh, are always waiting for the sky to fall in sometimes not the sky to fall in but it feels like it. if you have to cancel at this point uh, that's just a a sinking feeling for sure uh, for any team but 
Uh, Logan, what are you looking forward to most on Friday this week? Sectional champions, we'll see some trophies handed out. And uh, who, who are you looking forward to? Uh, what, what games are catch your interest the most? Uh, definitely the Lawrence North and Warren game. Uh, the question will be, can Lawrence North kind of get over the hump? And same thing for Brownsburg and Carmel, where you have you know two traditional powerhouses in Carmel and Warren Central uh, trying to bring home some more sectional hardware. But you have kind of the, the new guys who have shown up the last couple of seasons and, and been really strong contenders but just haven't been able to get that sectional championship under their belt with Brownsburg and Lawrence North. Is this going to be the year? Yeah, I agree. I, I would. I like those matchups too. I, I always, you know, where do the upsets come from? That's kind of the question. Who's who's going to be that team that uh, that that scores the upset? You know, and I, I don't even know if you can consider New Pal that type of team, but I actually would in, in that matchup. Can they pull it out? Uh, a team like Decatur Central, or you know, um, you know, whatever. I mean, it's it Fishers. You know, the, who's who's going to be able to do it? There'll be somebody on Friday night who does it and uh, you just wonder where it'll come from and and how many there there are but uh you know it should be a great Friday the weather looks fantastic i think it's supposed to be like 70 degrees on on Friday so knock on wood uh should be a great weather night and uh look forward to uh getting out and uh and and seeing the games and and see what happens on Friday and and as always Logan appreciate you ha- coming on the program Yes thank you very much